Welcome to Farming Eternal. An eternal podcast for farmers hosted by me, Jed the Homerid. It's episode 108 and I'm filling in for Pat Amaro and Hats on Lamps. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and Pat Amaru, but mostly Pat Amaru, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. This week, we have a special guest from the Eternal Journey team and podcast, John Holio, here to help break down the latest draft format changes from Direwolf Digital. Welcome, John Holio. How are you? Hey, Jed. I'm fantastic. Happy to be here. We're having a lot of trouble on, on my show getting the getting the game together. So <laughs> this, is a, this is a nice surprise. So thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad, to, glad you could join and we could have kind of a farming eternal journey showdown. So, all right. So um, before we move, get to the main topic that, you know, probably a lot to cover, I'm going to get to some announcements here, including kind of a plug for our Patreon, which you can check out at patreon.com slash farming eternal. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to show notes and recording bloopers, as well as nudging us toward um, some of our Patreon goals. I don't think one of those goals is becoming uh, guest host of the podcast, but I'm sure I could talk to Padamaro and kind of see <laughs> what he thinks. Um, and so, as always, we'd like to thank our patrons. Uh, I have no new patrons that I'm aware of, but our veteran patrons are D-Dub, John Demo, Steve Irwin, Cotillion, Loki Trickster, Mercurio Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Homerid, Raven Dragon, Esrich 0215, Sunblaze, Work Done Sun, and Yistout. Then the next announcement is really kind of a reminder of uh, the longstanding data collection project we have here at Farming Eternal where our listeners mail us their seven win drafts either at farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them on the seven win channel of the Farming Eternal Discord. We accept exported deck lists and any kind of Eternal Warcry link. We then take all this information from our awesome listeners, compile it into a spreadsheet, and do data analysis on it to draw conclusions about the format. And then we share those conclusions with our listeners so we can all benefit Part of this process is shouting out the listeners that submitted lists to us in the past week. Um, so here goes. And of course, thanks as always to John Julio for entering all the lists. So our new contributors are Inexpane and Philip.booty. And our veteran contributors are Abednego, Aboss, Agent Dynamo, Avgots, Beard Broken, Cotillion, Darth Herman 2. Full Robot, Gunner116, I'm So Bad, Kabi, Mr. Colwell, Oldrich, Out on a Limb, Patamaru, Tempest Dragon, King, Vader, Yam Yam, and ZS Jostrom35. Um, and considering that we are kind of moving into a new format, um, you can still send us the older format list, of course, um, and we'll update the older document. Um, but we don't really have any new information to share since we're really starting out with a fresh fresh take on this Revelations format, which kind of brings us to our main topic, which is really talking about some of the 
kind of changes that direwolf put into this uh, revelations format um, changing around the draft pack order adding some new cards and mechanics to the draft packs um, and john and i were going to talk kind of some of the thoughts that we had about those changes but i think it would have been a much harder to do this episode if it wasn't for pusillanimous and shiftstone.com for the format update site that he puts that they put together um over at shipstone and so definitely go check that out and um yeah it's definitely a pretty helpful tool to kind of look at uh, visually what the changes were and kind of changes and yeah, all that, that stuff it's so nice i use it every time there's a format update those guys are great yeah, it, you know, that whole website is between between that tool and the, you know, Shiftstone calculator. It's definitely pretty, pretty valuable asset for the community. So thank you to them. All right. So I think probably starting out makes sense to really kind of talk more about the big picture changes um, with this new kind of reverse draft uh, format with revelations. Um, you know, so the format really just changed to the draft packed first, pack one, revelations, revelations, and then another draft pack for pack four. Um, and so I'm curious, John, to get your kind of big picture take on how you think this ordering change you know, kind of affects the format overall, um, you know, either just in general or kind of what we're dealing with here with Revelations. Sure. So I think the biggest change for me right now is um, it seems to me that the Revelations cards are the key cards for your, you know, a successful deck right now because there's a lot. It seems like more chaff in the packs one and four, right? So I think there's a further emphasis in the draft packs of just like picking the best cards for at least, you know, the majority of the first pack, maybe trying to keep an eye on what's the most open as far as colors. But like, you know, you don't want to come out of the draft pack with having, you know, you, you picked a rare of one color and you're kind of like staying in that lane and then you get to the revelations pack. And if that color is not open, I think your deck is just going to be terrible. Um, so I think, you know, there's a, a higher emphasis in pack one of just taking the best cards um, and like prioritizing some fixing um, in case you got a bomb or two that you really want to play that maybe may end up being in an off color. Because like I said, I think the bulk of your deck and its performance is going to revolve around the revelations packs. Yeah, that's been my kind of sense as well, especially kind of experiences with past formats when this change has happened. You know, it seems like a lot of the playables will still at least most consistently be coming out of those kind of base set packs. And in this example, Revelations. Um, and, you know, fortunately, kind of Revelations isn't really a very heavy synergy based format. Um, and so I think that the draft pack change like order isn't really going to impact your ability to get a very synergistic deck kind of built. Um, but I agree that with just the size of the card pool in the draft packs, trying to read signals in that 
card pool is going to be challenging. And so I think being rewarded for staying open and then probably leaning on the middle two packs for, um, you know, filling out a lot of your playables in, you know, one to two factions and seeing kind of then what can come out of the fourth pack probably is going to be a very, a more kind of successful um, approach to coming up with a good set of playable cards for your draft deck. Mm -hmm. um, very good. Well, and I think that the, you know, the other kind of takeaway is that even though um, Revelations didn't have kind of a strong synergy base to it, you know, with stealth and valor and intrigue kind of all just being independently kind of, you know, they just act on their own. Um, I am curious to see if the Argentport discard strategy, um, which already seemed a little bit hard to put together consistently, is now even going to be harder to draft um, just with the ordering change. Yeah, that's definitely what are your possible. thoughts on that. Um, I, like, yes and no, right? Like, I, it turns out some of the more uh, frequently occurring cards are like, yeah, like the the two two tinker, which has a discard thing. Like that was already pretty playable. And then uh, we'll talk about it later. But like the Argentport um, tribute guys. So like, I think I think it'll still be okay um, as far as that. But yeah, that is like one of the only real synergy decks I think that's that's been in the format these last few months. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know that it'll be that effective though. Because well, and I think that. There's certainly some sacrifice-focused cards, and I think that, you know, not being pure discard, but just things going to the graveyard, it certainly seems like there's some of that, you know, still pretty prevalent um, in the in the draft packs. So, uh, yeah, I think as this format matures, uh, I guess we'll get a better sense of kind of where that leads us. But um, yeah, so all right. Um, the next thing maybe to might be helpful to talk about because this is a particularly kind of confusing thing for me when I was reading through the card list and looking through the announcement is kind of the the rarity waiting quote unquote changes um, that happened with you know you know this draft format compared to just the previous one where the listed frequencies that Direwolf had on their site for the draft packs was 5x. 10x and 20x um, and no 1x and now they're listed as 1x, 3x, 6x and 12x. So different numbers, but kind of what's your take on what this actually means as far as kind of waiting, John? Yeah, this is it's like it almost feels like it's obtuse on purpose. Uh, this is always they like changing it every single time it seems like when they when they do any draft changes and you never know what numbers they're going to come up with next um like you mentioned like in the last format there wasn't even a 1x so you can actually just reduce those fractions 5 10 and 20 down to one two and four times as far as occurrence rates um and so you can more easily compare that to the current ones which you like you said are one three six and twelve times so you know the ones are obviously comparable 
the two and the threes are, you know, relatively close. And then it's like there's the gap widens when you go between the four and the six. And then there's a whole nother way out there, super boosted uh, set of 12 times cards now. Um, and like, you know, I haven't gotten a full feeling for how how uh, the frequencies play out when you're drafting. Um, you know, I've gotten some feeling for it, but um I don't know. You know, well, that, this is a, that's the wait and see part, I guess. But at least knowing, you know, reducing the five and tens may, means we're at least comparing apples to apples, right? Um, so if you just looked at the raw numbers and you're like, well, this used to be 20 times, now it's only three times, you're really not comparing the right thing, <laughs> which is yeah. super confusing. No, and that's definitely kind of what I initially looked at. I was like, sticker shock, you know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like lightning strike was 20x. Now it's only 12x. And it's like, well, actually, it's now yeah. going to be more common. <laughs> than yeah, it was so it really went from 4x to 12x, if those are the numbers yeah. for lightning strike, right? So how confusing yeah. is that? Yeah. And I think that to your point, the kind of one draft I've done so far, and I it's the screenshots are all posted in the discord in our divergent duplicate drafts channel um so other people can draft along and see where they left things there were like three bannermen that came through those two draft packs and um so i can definitely see how it being quote unquote a 12x card it's it's showing up a fair amount um at least in that initial draft that i saw so. And I, I feel like that card in particular is that, like that's that's a card that like, every deck is going to want some of. So if you got past that many, that means that there was <laughs> yeah. probably a, quite a few more getting picked up by other players in front of you. Yeah. Unless we're in kind of pseudo bot pack land still, which I haven't, you know, it's it doesn't seem like it's the wild west of all of the late pick, you know, legendaries. But you know, certainly there's some possibly. You know, people trying to sort out the new format or testing things in some late cards that you might not expect to come across, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll know more in just a, another couple weeks. So definitely. So um, excellent. Well, I think you know the other big thing that you know I guess was really changed with these draft packs, other than the the ordering, was they added in uh, Dire Wolf added in um, two old mechanics to you know that kind of are present on a lot of the cards that they added um the first one is tribute and so tribute is an ability that whenever a unit goes to your void so that's if you discard it from your hand if you kind of discard it from the top or bottom of your deck um you sacrifice it or it dies in combat in play from play the tribute ability will become active and highlight on the tribute card. And so it's going to give some kind of buffs to a lot of units, you know, potentially add some mechanics to uh, some spells. Uh, like I think there's fire cards that gain overwhelm. Um, and so that is uh, one of the new mechanics or new old mechanics. And then um, the other is warp where Basically, warp is, you know, if a card has warp and it is present on the top of your deck, you will see it there as like an extra card, quote unquote, in your hand. 
um, and you can play it from the top of your deck. And if it's a fast spell, you can play it as a fast spell. And it, you know, when you could play a fast spell from the top of your deck, if it's a unit, you you know, play it on your turn, presumably, um, from the top of your deck. I don't think any of them have ambush. That would be maybe a little weird. No, I don't think so. Um, okay. And, um, you know, generally kind of plays like drawing a card, but it's a very situational card draw. Um, and so, you know, you do have to have power open and the appropriate influence, just like it was you were playing it from your hand, but kind of adds a little bit of, extra value for some of these card. Um, you know, when you're able to do that and get a little bit of card advantage. Um, what thoughts do you have, John, on kind of how how these um, two new old mechanics might play out with this, you know, new format? Sure. Um, so I think Tribute, um, like, so this was already kind of a format where you want to, you just, blocking t- can get punished pretty easily. So, um, I don't know, I think I think Tribute will change the gameplay um, a, a decent amount. Um, and, like, it's kind of funny that a lot of the better Tribute cards are actually in time. Uh, and, you know, so it'll be a further rift between a time deck with Behold and a time deck without. I've mentioned this on an Eternal Journey podcast before, but it's like, um, you know, it's kind of similar to playing with a Horn of Plenty in your deck where, you know, in, in some decks you want to trade off your 2-2 for their 2-2, and on some decks you want to save your 2-2 for later where it might become better. Um, and so, you know, if somebody's playing time, for example, and they're making these trades consistently, you know, they're probably trying to enable some tribute because, you know, previously a lot of people playing time decks would be going for the eventual big behold turn, behold the truth. So, you know, I think I think uh, some of the tribute cards are pretty good. Some of them are are not good, and so <laughs> um, like some of the better ones are like the guard dog, right? Injustice three three for three. It's like already just solid there. It's just three three for three, um, and it just gets a little bit better if you happen to make a trade that turn. I don't know that that's one that you'll be, you know, you, you don't really necessarily want to play around that. I don't think. Um, but it's just something to be aware of. Like in some board states, on some turns, you might be like, "Man, if they if they if this ends up being that four four because I traded here, I'm gonna feel really bad, and I'm I may not win this game." Like if if that comes up, yeah, that might change how you block. Um, and then you know I, we kind of mentioned earlier the discard thing. It's tribute's cool because if you discard a, a unit, it counts for tribute too, right? So I don't know. I think even though it, it muddles some of the previous discard synergy cards for that Argentport deck. Yeah, we do get that 3-3 I just mentioned, um, and as well as, you know, the uh, nickname Sad Dad, the 4-4 Lifesteal in Argentport colors is a 12 times boosted card. Um, and that's like a particularly good tribute draft card. Um, so, yeah, those yeah, are the Knight of, Knight of Sorrow, I think, is that yes, one. that's the one. Yeah, I never know his actual Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, as far as warp goes there's a lot of bad warp cards which are going to muddle the packs a bit too and i mean there's that warp matters card added in primal right the um the flyer i think is it a five four flyer for six or something like that where you draw a card every time you warp something including itself it's like you know i, I don't think there's like suddenly a warp deck in the format 
Um, I, I think, you know, you're just happy playing. It's like a Cloud Snake Matriarch or something. You're happy playing that card regardless, just because it's like a solid flyer. Um, like, be careful putting too many bad warp cards in your deck because, <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of times you see that warp card and it'll end if you like, you know, depending on the game state, prioritizing playing that card to get, the, you know, the quote unquote draw off of it versus cards in your hand that maybe would end up being a better turn for you it's like there's some tension there and it's not always easy to make the right decision when that card is staring you in the face um you know there's a yeah. few solid limited cards added there um but unfortunately i think most most of the good ones are at uncommon and rare um and sad to say for potamaru there is no bren scrying so that's a huge oversight by the developers <laughs> Yeah, he won't be able to try to live the dream of <laughs> warping Brinscrying after Brinscrying. <laughs> Although th there is the fledging fledgling outlet, and I definitely remember <laughs> that kind of trying to make make it <laughs> make its presence felt in the previous format when Cloud Snake Matriarch came out, and it's just like I'm gonna win by taking all these outlets off the top of my deck, <laughs> like right. drawing extra cards. Yeah, those so. ended up being better than they looked, but I'm not sure how good they'll be in this format. I think you needed a, a critical mass of those cards to to really get that going, because it's a 1-1 one, one for 1 for 2 primal, um, or a 1-1 one, one flyer for or for 2 primal, and that is, it, it can peck away, but it doesn't really hold off a whole lot. Um, yeah, Am I remembering correctly that like the the last time we had that in the format, it was like there was also some flying matters synergy going on, or am I misremembering that? I I don't remember. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't exactly. remember either if it was just warp matters or it was it's it's been a while. I I think your point that like good warp cards with warp um, or good cards with warp are going to be you know pretty valuable. Um, you know, getting to warp a Cloud Snake Matriarch and then drawing a card, that's pretty great. And but you know, having a like a dedicated warp deck really seems um, like it's not gonna be a thing and it's more gonna be just like incidental upside. Because if I recall correctly, a lot of the effects, like there's hip shot, that's three fire, slow spell, deal two damage, I think to any target. Um, and like comparing that to char <laughs> for the one cost of dealing two damage at fast speed, um, you know, that extra, like, I think warp has this sense of like a, a two, a two power tax to it that mm -hmm. if you can warp it, sure, that's great. But if you're playing it from your hand, you are really kind of playing often like a below rate card, um, and so I think the fact that you can't really control when you can warp the card and when you can't, um, it really knocks some of the less efficient warp cards in my mind. Definitely. And of course, there's always the um, <laughs> this the sad face when you're needing a power and you know it's like you see a, a warp card on the top of your deck and you're like oh yeah. that's not happening for a little while. That, that hurts my heart every time. Like oh, I know what this next card is gonna be and I'm so dead here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need power deck. All the, please. 
yeah, it, there is, you know, I guess the um, potential of the tension, as you mentioned it, of like, I'm wondering how many times I'm going to play an open way supplier with a warp card on top of my deck, like a mediocre warp unit, if I happen to have one. I don't know. It's just like, um, it, 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 it'll be interesting to kind of see some of that revealed information from time to time. And yeah, it'll come up occasionally. Probably, you know, might lead to some interesting kind of niche decisions, but uh, that probably not format defining. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so the only kind of old quote unquote mechanic I think that's really sticking around in the draft pack to some extent um, is amplify. And after reviewing and kind of resetting what my understanding of the boosted ratings are, it really seems like a lot of those cards are either slightly more common than they used to be, like said for the reserves, hardiness, martial efficiency. Um, but, you know, there's not as big of an Amplify Matters theme um, in this format as a whole. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on kind of Amplify's continued role in the format or... I, I haven't really ever gotten to, you know, it's like I'll, I'll, I'll have a deck with like one or two Maveloft elites in it, for example. And it's like they're just there as two twos usually for me in this format. Like it's always incidental for me um, in my experience uh, with and like a lot of my Amplify cards are those powers right in the uh, Revelations packs. It's like, OK, like this will occasionally get buffed, um, but like I don't think I've had any decks where I'm prioritizing Amplify cards really. Yeah, I think that a couple that I had with uh, Maveloft Elite, which will get basically gets uh, plus one, plus one for each time you amplify a card. So it's buddy is hardiness. I had a few decks this past form, format where I was able to pair hardiness again with Maveloft Elite and it still felt pretty good. But nice. Yeah, uh, I just had trouble getting those. <laughs> I, think, I think they were under. Yeah underrepresented previously and like maybe now that maybe if they're showing up a little more maybe you can get back into that yeah and i think that just you know i i enjoy amplify as a whole as as a limited mechanic um you know between shackles and um you know the amplify powers in revelations it's just the the added flexibility is so much better as a when you get that flexibility from a mechanic, it just can add so much more um, to your decision making and options in the game. And I think again, warp feels like the opposite. It's less flexible. You have less control over it, and so oftentimes it's just. If I, I hope I'm lucky enough to get this payoff. So. So I think one more thing before we move on. I guess I'd also like to mention. Uh, mm -hmm. was kind of more related to, I guess, the rarity stuff, right? Um, just just want to kind of casually talk about markets, right? I, I think they're oh yeah they're still kind of de-emphasized, right? Um, like, it's basically just grafters in the draft packs, and they're still on, like, the lowest possible uh, boosting rate of, like, 1x. And mm -hmm. like we discussed, now, the, now it goes also 6 and 12x. So I think, like, if anything crafters will show up slightly less even now especially if people are just drafting the good cards um and so i think markets will be you know just as lowly represented if not lower 
uh, and what else? Like, I think time still generally has the most access to additional ways to fix. It's one of its color identities, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And there's basically no change as far as like available fixing with the the dual color power cards. Um, they're they're basically in the same category, but they they still might be. I think it's like basically comparing the 2x in the prior packs to the the 3x now, but it like it still might be slightly muddled or diluted with with that additional 12x layer, but I'm not exactly sure yet. But in my limited you know number of uh, drafts and 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 things I've seen so far, it seems to be like about the same as it was. And then with like the bannerman showing up, like I think that's a big help for any splashing you want to do. So I don't know. I feel like as far as fixing goes, it's probably about the same as it's been. That makes sense, and I, I, my kind of experience from the previous version of the Revelations format, I, w- I was mostly playing two faction decks, um, and found it difficult to consistently splash unless I really kind of was um, prioritizing it for some reason through the draft. If I got a splashable rare or something that. Um, I was wanting to try to make sure I could include if the, you know, base colors, base factions weren't actually seeming to be open that much. So I guess, I guess one thing to mention as well, there is like, if everyone is going for just the better cards and fixing, then that will also decrease your chances of, you know, getting past fixing. Right. So I think overall it should feel slightly less is, is coming your way. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think that there certainly is the concept that draft can sort of self-correct. It's a little mm-hmm. harder when you're not playing with an actual pod of drafters who, you know, and, you know, wheeling cards potentially, but certainly people's priorities are going to kind of, they might start lining up more where um, things might seem more overdrafted or underdrafted and that might change people's kind of priorities as far as picks in those draft packs if they see something coming across that they might not be likely to see later. So, all right, cool. Well, um, I think the kind of next step would be just talking about kind of the factions themselves and changes that seem to be made kind of standout cards that, you know, were added or, um, you know, less than standout cards that were added <laughs> to give us a better sense of kind of how the factions, these factions overall seem represented in the draft packs. Um, you know, clearly the Revelations packs are unchanged. Um, and so a lot of those big important cards like Open Way Supply, Her, Ursa Squadron, Topple, and Populous Controller are going to be um, still present and having their effects felt in the format but um let's see maybe what some of the the new cards have to offer so we start with um fire and you know looking through fire i was pretty underwhelmed with with what they what was added um as far as commons and uncommons go um you know, there's I, I seem to recall Pouncing Drake, which is a five fire fire four four flying Drake or dragon or something that's at a rare and it's six X boosted, but it's has flying and warp. And so I seem to recall in the past format where that was released, it was a pretty high performer. 
Um, but you know, other than that, I wasn't wasn't too impressed with what what Fire was gifted with these uh, latest draft pack changes. What are your what are your thoughts, John? Yeah, I agree on the surface as well. Um, like other other things you have here, right? Are and I think are worth at least mentioning, right? Um, Hot Blood Barbarian is is from a low boosting of two times to now 12 times. And that was a card that I was playing a reasonable amount when I was in fire. So like, you know, but I, th- I think knowing that also helps you not want to prioritize like the first one or two you see, it's like, yeah, we'll probably see more of these. Right. So like, the, I think w- when you, when you have such a high rate of boosting, I think, and it's a card you don't just want as many as you can get. That's where it ends up in my mind the most. It's like, yeah, I think I can, pass this one for this other card i may not see another one of um but that's worth mentioning like that's a pretty decent fire one that's going up and boosting one that's added that you have here right cannon bear that's Mm -hmm. in a previous format i think that was quite good it's it's a six cost uh warp five six right summon deal one damage Mm -hmm. um and so but the thing with that one though is like I'm not sure how good it is in this format, right? Because it it can't tussle with the pop pop you just mentioned. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like yeah. I think it'll still be playable, and you'll it's one it's six times boosted now. Like um, you'll I think you'll be able to pick those up if you're in fire. But like yeah, like in, in a previous format I was definitely prioritizing those, and I don't know that I will be anymore. Um, well, and I think to your like one of the like the cannon bearer hoplet barbarian another fire card fire main cub that's boosted to 12x now all of those have those ping effects that Mm -hmm. i think were so helpful at in a sense have been helpful at revealing stealth picking off an x1 which there seem to be quite a few of in the revelations packs um but cannon bearer with its ping effect coming down on turn six like i think your stealth unit is their stealth unit has already done its job <laughs> yeah and so i think it's gonna have kind of much less impact um as a six drop that like you said does not tussle with the populist controller at six six valor so i think that there's there's certainly cards that you can draft in these uh, among these new cards but I, I don't know that seeing them in pack one is going to make me say ah i am hoping to be in fire um, yeah i think it's, it's something worth mentioning though because if you're just coming kind of back to the game from one of those prior formats right and you're like oh this camber was so good and you know they start coming to you it's like yeah you might we might get the wrong idea <laughs> yeah um, for sure let's talk about some of these other cards that sh- that are new to the packs right um yeah. you mentioned hip shot mm-hmm. um i don't know like the, you, you just you just mentioned you know coming down kind of late and you, you know you compared it to char it's like hip shot's kind of underwhelming for me right now i think um well because i think the, the thing that i valued about two damage effects was if it can be played on turn like with with like turn one, turn two, to be able to deal with an Ursa Squadron or an Open Way Supplier or, um, you know, a, a Wild Azri. But if you have to wait, like, till turn three to deal two damage to that, sometimes it's, you're, <laughs> you're already behind on board. And yeah. then, then, then they've accrued some value <laughs> that you're not The big issue, like, with playing it on three is, like, you don't get to play a three drop either. That's, that's your whole turn. 
Yeah. Um, but like you met, you got some other cards here, like Blink Wolf. I've, you know, Blinky's always <laughs> solid. Uh, it's you know you're only paying the the one tax on that one versus the two on Hip Shot. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's a solid addition. And uh, Oni Eulogist. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say like Eulogist or something. Yeah, I think uh, that that one's solid. Um, but like, you know, I don't. That's not that's something not one I'd prioritize or anything. Um, and then. Into the Furnace was was solid, definitely. Uh, it's just some yeah. fast interaction. So that's uh, there's an increase in the frequency now, right, for that one? Yes, I think from 2x to 3x. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little little more common. So I think that's certainly um, certainly a, a fire removal spell that I would be happy to be picking up in the first packs. You know, if you know if there wasn't a whole lot else going on. Um, but yeah, I think with Oni Eulogist, I mean, Gaudy Showman as a 4-1 for 3-fire, I think it shows that having an having a summon effect on a card like that is certainly pretty powerful, especially when you're kind of dealing with things like stealth, when that would easily both reveal them and remove them as a potential blocker. Um and then just, you know, Thorncrawler, I think, also shows what a 4-1 can do for 3. Um, that you, the Eulogist is coming down even as a 5-2 for 3. It's a lot of damage, but it's also incredibly fragile. Um, and so I, it's it seems like it's going to be a filler card, um, you know, if I'm kind of looking to add it to my fire decks be one of those ones that i'm hoping not to play <laughs> yeah showman's been an overperformer this set so mm -hmm. sad to see that one going down in occurrence yeah yeah 4x to 3x so you know hopefully again depends on kind of again how that higher tier of you know quote-unquote rarity of the 12x affects these lower tiers but um that one and pyradept uh are two that I liked having access to both from being able to attack and being able to um, trade, um, you know, with a Valor unit pretty, pretty well. Um, yeah. So. so I guess overall, right, it just seems like fire kind of, you know, we'll talk about the other colors, but it got a, the shortest end of the stick after, you know, I've gone through all the, all the colors and it seems like they didn't really get a lot of, good tools it's just kind of filler cards from what i can tell yeah and so i think it, you know it seems like if you're going to be getting into fire it's going to be because you're opening you know you know you you might find some decent cards in the draft pack one but i think a lot of it's going to really depend on what you see in packs um two and three and i don't know it's it's it always kind of be hit or miss. <laughs> it's like, ah, here's a topple. <laughs> or do I take this commando? It's like, you know, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Cool. All right. Any, I think, so the next faction um, we can talk about would be time, which has definitely been, you know, one of the top performing factions, I think in a lot of people's views with um, the through a lot of the revelations format, maybe rising more with the more recent version of the format. Um, and, you know, some of the cards that, well, two of the cards that I'm 
remember fondly from previous formats. One is Locust Hatcher, which was an addition. Um, it's a rare six time time five five. Yeah, and it has warp. Um, and whenever you play a spell, you create a two two locust with flying, which you know anytime you can do that, it's going to be <laughs> gravy. Um, and I definitely have enjoyed playing with that in the past. Um, that 6x boosted. And then also Plated Goliath, which is 6 time time 7-6 with Warp and Overwhelm. And that's a 6x boosted uncommon that I definitely remember um, was a terror of the original format that it was released in. Um be interesting to see how it compares with uh, Populous Controller, but um, you know it's certainly another top end for time where they kind of have access to quite a few um, in this pool card pool. Yeah, sign me up for some Plated Goliath. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> another one I saw was Wormic Chanter. I'm curious. I have a hard time evaluating this card, and I don't recall being able to play with it very much. What's your take on Wormic Chanter? I think five time time and then a whole slew of text box stuff um you know tribute create and draw two sandworms i think it's just got deadly is it two one sandworm well let me go back uh yeah just one it's not quite worm calling um (laughs) but it's a one 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 deadly and then once per turn you may pay two to give worm enchanter plus four plus four this turn yeah, so. I think that's a decent card for sure. Um, like, it, you're just only you're gonna want to get that tribute. I think anytime you play yeah. it. Um, and then, so like I mentioned earlier, there's there's some tension there if you're like trying to be like the behold deck versus not. Like, I think if mm-hmm. you know if you're coming out of pack three going into pack four and you didn't get a behold the truth, well, maybe 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 you're a Chanter deck now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think it's it's a reasonable kind of uh, it's it's five cost, right? It is, yeah, five time time. Yeah, like the fail case is kind of bad though, right? So, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're that far behind, like at least playing a deadly might you know stave off a, another big attack for a turn, or maybe they'll just send their dorks in and not like the pop pop or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's solid enough. Like it's it's no play to Goliath, that's for sure. Yeah. Cool. So what other cards did you maybe see that in kind of that they've added um, that kind of have stood out to you? Yeah, I I definitely like enjoyed the, the two warp cards, Blink and Death Strike. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one is a three cost bounce spell, and then the other is a three cost give killer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are both 12x boosted now so like you know I think you know those are kind of good effects for their cost uh, and like in time you know hopefully you have some ramp and stuff so you don't mind paying a little additional mana anyway uh, so those those are some of the better kind of common warp cards I think that, that are put in the packs now um, and then Desert Alchemist is an uncommon but it's it's gone from two times to three times so maybe you'll see a little bit more of those same with Scorpion Wasp uh, went from four to six times, and then send, send the reserves. That was another great draft card. Uh, now three times instead of two. Archive curator, another one. So like, I mean, 
there's yeah. a lot of good time cards at common and uncommon that are now higher in frequency than they were. Uh, I guess find the way here. I, I wasn't really playing. Not a huge fan of find the way, but like you know, if you just got to have fixing, I think I think that's one good way to do it, and that's a little more frequent yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I mean, for time already being fairly deep, um, it, I feel like in the revelations packs, it, it, they certainly haven't lost much and have seemed to have gained uh, quite a bit. Um, in the, with these latest changes. So I could see myself getting a lot of tugs towards time as a primary faction going through the first pack. Um, yeah. yeah the, so. the good thing with time being your primary faction too, like we, we, like we mentioned, it's, it's the faction that's most easiest to play additional colors in your deck because time has <laughs> some time-based fixing just, you know, in the, in the draft packs and as it's kind of identity. So it's not, not the worst kind of, way to be leaning coming out of pack one it's, it's just it's it's yeah it's been a solid performing color uh pairing with almost any other color too um any big losses worth mentioning i think the the ones that stood out to me one is ornamental daggers going from what would be 4x to 1x you know i think that you know it's just a pretty versatile uh attachment to be able to buff a ground unit or you know puts make a flyer bigger um and then horn of plenty goes from 2x to 1x which may not be a big change but you know if you're a kind of a smaller kind of dinky unit time deck you know that might be harder to come by and you'll have to rely on Opening and behold the truth <laughs> in the revelations packs, <laughs> which you probably want to do anyway. Yeah, um, and then Amber, <laughs> yeah, Amber Acolyte also went from 2x to 1x, so it kind of dings a little bit of times fixing. So, so I, you know, with you, you've certainly got Banner Man, as we'll kind of review a little bit later, but you know, might might lead someone to kind of lean into some of the other ways to fix from time, like find the way, but. Yeah, I also noticed uh, like that one is kind of offset by the other kind of two drop. Yeah, it's it, that's a three drop, but the two the two drop learned herbalist, um, which oh, I was yeah. already kind of playing in a lot of decks. It, it's actually gone way <laughs> up in occurrence. It, it was in the four times category, and it's now in the twelve times. So I think okay. you know acolyte's great and all, but like you know it it's kind of offset with the herbalist change. So yeah, no, that's a good point, and I think that. Um, yeah, herbalist. I mean, the, the challenge that I find is just kind of two twos for two power. You know, they're not great when you're facing down some valor units, but you know they can still have some some value and the added flexibility to fix, especially with herbalist. Is yeah, and if you're playing some great. of those, uh, you know, like like chanter we just mentioned, herbalist is a great way to help and yeah. contribute, right? For sure. Yeah. Excellent. Um. I think overall, I think takeaways from this, unless you have any other thoughts to kind of add, um, is really just that, you know, you know it, it feels like the rich getting richer with with time. Um, so I imagine that it's just going to show up a lot in our seven win lists because it's got a lot. It's got a lot, a lot of pretty difficult to deal with top end, um, and some pretty pretty useful. Um, 
effects like shackles to kind of get you out of a lot of jams is pretty nice. So yeah, definitely agree. So next up would be justice. Um, and some of the justice cards we talked about a little bit earlier, like guard dog. Um, what's your sense on how some of these cards, um, newer additions, you know, is, is there anything that you're, you're kind of looking at? Because Guard Dog is boosted 12x, High Alert is back. You know, there's the Silver Wing Purge Leader, which is kind of a clunky big flyer. Um, but I'm curious if anything kind of stood out to you as far as these additions that, you know, might really give justice tools that it didn't necessarily have access to already. <laughs> yeah, no, I, not really. Um... Like, I, I've never been a huge fan of Purge Leader, and, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Guard Dog is great, but, yeah. um, like, that's just a solid, solid draft card. And, like, High Alert, like, I've been very high on it in prior formats. I'm just not sure about it yet. Um, like, you still just kind of get, like, people are already kind of ready for, uh, you know, things like a Noah's Fury and just, just combat tricks in general, like, mm-hmm. you know, good draft players, right? So, people, you know, you run into cards like Shackles and things kind of countering those effects already. And then, like, High Alert's a particularly expensive one, but, you know, I think it'll still be fine, right? Like, I was I was running Saddle Up occasionally, um, and the fact that it can do kind of an ambush move uh, makes it a little bit more valuable than that. And then, like, yeah, if, you, if you're able to, like, uh, played off the top of your deck without losing tempo, it's going to be mm-hmm. good probably every time. Um, but I don't know. There's there's just a lot of other comparable things going on, and it still just gets stopped by shackles or whatever. So, eh. like, I'm just not yeah. sure about it yet. <laughs> I think expensive, yeah, expensive combat tricks in a format with shackles have to do a lot. And, you know, I think I anticipate being gotten by high alert. Um, <laughs> don't know what the over-under is going to be on that, but I'm sure it's going to happen in this format because, you know, empty hand, I attack in. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things That's four where if you're, you know, it's like there was already a card kind of like that in the format, well-laid trap. I mean, that has to be in your hand, yeah. but it's like there's yep. a pause on zero here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, at that point, you know that, that, that that's going to come eventually, maybe not this turn, but it's like you can kind of put that in the back of your mind and it's like with this with this it's like okay my justice opponent's passing they have an empty hand let me play a spell here like a seek power <laughs> like you know a give killer or something it's like wait there's a pause right now okay they have high yeah. like, so it's like one of those where it like randomly can be fully revealed to you if you're paying attention as well um but eh, you know you got to attack sometime and I think the other thing is that, you know, Dive Bomb is in the format. So another four-cost justice combat trick that just gives so much more defensive stats. That it's, mm-hmm. and, and even, like, the fact that you're able to provide that, split that across two units, um, it, as well as be kind of a late-game evasive, like, win-on-the-spot type trick. Mm-hmm. Um I could see there being some tension in filling your deck with too many four-cost tricks. Um, if you have a dive bomb and a high alert or faced with picking between those, um, I would probably be in the camp of leaning towards a dive bomb rather than a high alert. 
Yeah, I think that's reasonable. The only kind of thing, I guess, is that now high alert is more boosted, whereas you know dive bomb used to be yeah more boosted, and now it's we'll talk about it here in just a second, I guess, or right now it's it's one of the losses yeah. for justice. It's going down from four times to three times. So, you know, maybe you don't end up like in the in the past few weeks, I was able to like maybe pass that first dive bomb, even if my deck wanted one, knowing I would get to pick one up uh, as an mm-hmm. you know in another in another. Uh, pick because your deck only wants so many four cost combat tricks right and so like those were very boosted and it's like it, it was not a card i had to prioritize right whereas maybe now it is yeah so yeah and i think that um the other well i, I think that the the only other standout loss so to speak was privilege of rank which i think some people found to have a happy home in the Argent Port decks. Um, but I would imagine that if you're in pack four and you're in Argent Port deck, you're probably going to get all the privilege and rights. <laughs> you, you, you won't, there probably won't be a lot of competition for any to come, come your way. So, um, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, and then I think that, you know, when I re- re-reviewed the only other game that might be noticed, notable is Covenant Peacekeeper going from 2X to 6X. Um, which again already kind of a pretty pretty solid um, justice common um, being able to remove a stealth unit from combat for what two turn cycles or whatever um, or one and a half turn cycles whatever it might be um, and you know seeing those be more available just it does feel like um, Justice is going to have some nice mid-game tools to keep their uh, Ursa squadrons attacking happily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that going up in frequency, like that's I, I I'm a pretty big fan of Peacekeeper. Like in some decks, you know, it didn't make every Justice deck like mm-hmm. you know two or two or more of them, but like yeah, I'm I'm a relatively big fan of that card. I know Jedi is not. <laughs> Oh really? He finds it to be a little anemic, but like I, I think I have a more of a tempo playstyle than him yeah. typically, so I think that has something to do with that. And like you mentioned, it's it's like a one of the better free ways to uh, reveal stealth and things like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, any other thoughts before we kind of sum up justice? No, not really. Like. Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of feel like it didn't it didn't really move up or down so much in power level from what I can tell. It's probably about the same as it was. I yeah, I think you know having an above average three drop now available in the draft packs seems fine, but I think still a lot of its power was clearly from the revelations facts with mm-hmm. Ursa Squadron and Toffle and you know the Jailer create uncommons that it has. Yeah, it's just it's, that's going to be I think what's but still driving a lot of the justice decks in my mind. So. Agree. All right. Well, next we've got Primal, kind of the perennial, you know, <laughs> seems to have a tough time with each format and whether or not it's going to kind of be able to stay, hold its own with some of the other um, factions. And it seemed like, well, with this last version, it certainly seemed to be gaining a lot of traction with the Legion um, decks being mm-hmm. quite popular. Um, the main gains seem to be, um, well, as we talked before, Cloud Snake Matriarch at 12x boosted uncommon, you know, and it's warp synergies and just a, it's a big flyer. Um, and 
you know, the other things that stood out to me were um, lightning strike going from what used to be 20x, which was actually 5x, to now 12x, which, you know, I think the lightning strike made a lot of um, some of these Elysian decks, you know, really gave them a good early kind of access to removal um, where they wouldn't have to be double blocking and using a shackles early or something like that to deal with some early aggression. And so having more access to that certainly seems like it could kind of um, really suit those decks pretty well. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts, John? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lightning Strike's been overperforming, I think, recently. So yeah, that, that being so frequent, um, you're happy to play a couple of those and i think any primal deck um <laughs> one i wanted to mention was uh I, I, see, I see you're you're questioning it but uh you know good idea at the time it's, uh-huh. some, sometimes i like to have a little fun when i play draft <laughs> all right <laughs> um and you know it's it as like if that's on the top of your deck in the late game and you're you know you're just holding a power like turning a power into a random card sometimes can like be a game winning card like i don't know oh, maybe you maybe you haven't had a lot of experience playing this card but like it it tends to uh outperform what you you know it's like oh this could be anything it's like whoa i got this okay and uh, i hadn't thought about that that particular scenario of you know so a good idea at the time for those who don't aren't familiar with it is a one primal uh slow spell uh it's got warp and it transforms a card in your hand into a random card so any card into any other card and so um you know, it's not quite limited like unstable form where it has to be in play and it's only one up. <laughs> so, I don't know. Certainly the high roll ability of that. Uh, yeah, and be, like a uh, low roll <laughs> is like turning a power into like some card that does something, you know? So That's it's true. like, it, it, it kind of like, it, the, the worst case scenario obviously is when you end, when you end up having to draw it, right? Um, yeah. Then it's like much less good, but even then eventually you can just still turn an unneeded power or something into possibly something good and like i swear half the time it gives me something amazing (laughs) (laughs) you know it's one of those cards that makes your opponent go like you've got to be kidding right that's the emote you get so yeah although i suppose you could technically turn a power into another power that does happen on occasion that's okay yep (laughs) That's a, that's a low uh, you know, roll. Yeah, I guess. So. But you know, hopefully you warped it, and then you're yeah. you just spent a little power that you weren't going to use anyway. You're up a card. <laughs> yeah, you so. just spend your deck. Yep. The uh, other one I'm curious to get your take on because I feel like this is a pretty kind of controversial card for Primal is Ice Sprite. Um, yeah. It's boosted similarly to Lightning Strike. It's gone from 5x to 12x and. You know, I think there's certainly people who have their people in Ice Sprite's camp that it has locked down and they cannot ready or attack because they're stunned by its power. And then there are people who are not in Ice Sprite's camp and are freely (laughs) freely attacking. (laughs) I'm just curious to kind of what your sense of how Ice Sprite has fared in this most recent format. Uh, So that's one that I tend to be down on. But I think, I, you know, like we mentioned, Primal was kind of going up in power level with some draft changes, you know, and the last changes or the one before that. And so I ended up like playing a little more Ice Sprites than I normally would. And it's kind of been overperforming a little bit. 
as far as my expectation, um, mm-hmm. I still am not going to just dra- draft as many as I can get. And it being 12x boosted, I imagine I'll get past a few if I'm in primal. Um, but like, I think it's a card I'm willing to play right now. Okay. Um, yeah. And like, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, all, it's a little fragile, but it tends to at least do the job for a few turns. So like, I don't know, I think, I think as, if you're um, kind of a tempo oriented deck, I think it's a fine card to play right now. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I think because you know, there's certainly you know, Primal has has had plenty of access to stun effects, and you know, some of the changes that really seem to kind of detract from Primal's you know position are Frostwave going from 4x to 3x, Permafrost going from 4x to 3x, Flash Freeze going from 2x to 1x. So, you know, some modest reductions in their level of frequency. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to like those be. fast stuns much better. And then perma frost, of course, like like I would have taken probably any of those over an ice sprite uh, in yeah. those cases. So sad to th- sad to see those going down because uh, that mm-hmm. was one of the draws to primal, especially perma perma frost felt quite boosted in the last um, format. And then yeah, I, I don't think you mentioned uh, fun stable form is is sadly going down as well. That's a that's a sweet card. Uh. It's it's you know I I've had to it's definitely I've had to reset you know the randomness and how sometimes the payoff can be so extreme, um, you know from cards like unstable form and so I've definitely I think I bought into how how those what would seem like card disadvantage, so to speak, um, giving kind of sometimes incredible tempo boosts. Uh, I've become a believer. (laughs) The thing with that card is like, you want to pair it with kind of cards that did something, but are like overcosted, right? Like stun dad is a great example. Like you tend to have plenty of those, like the four cost three, three summon stun. It's like, that's like the perfect card to upgrade. Cause then you end up like with a possibly amazing five drop. And if it's not a possibly amazing five drop you roll it again for a possibly amazing six drop and there's only so many of those in the card pool right so like you tend to get something it's definitely going to be better uh whether it's a card Mm -hmm. worth better is you know kind of a dice roll but i think yeah the odds are in your favor i think your point about pairing it with something that had a had a summon effect or some other ability that's not going to be doing anything any longer that certainly makes sense i think unstable forming your freight asri to get a five drop probably not a wise idea <laughs> no because that card's already yep. kind of doing its thing it's already good existing. yep <laughs> exactly excellent um you mentioned preferring kind of fast stun over slow stun i'm curious to get your thoughts on entangling vines because that was one of the new warp cards added um that is two primal slow spell warp stun two enemy units um sure um i just, like i i think that's playable um i'd mm-hmm. rather have a fast stun every time i think but sure you know if you're a deck that's a proactive deck that can you know a card just an effect like that a stun two for even just one turn that can help you mm-hmm. win the game uh in in a lot of board states so like yeah i'll, I'll play that card but like if i end up with that and you know, two frost waves or whatever, there's a chance that the slow one got cut, right? Like, I value yeah. the fastness more than the potential for that extra card. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But it's still very playable. 
Um, I think the only other card that really stood out to me is reducing in in um, its frequency was Cobalt Acolyte, which is the two primal two one that gives a summon give a unit flying, uh, including potentially itself. Um, that one's just you know has always seemed like a pretty flexible, powerful card for primal to have access to um, to give maybe whatever its kind of faction pair or whatever um some big unit flying that you know wouldn't normally get through definitely that's a card i would splash too you know it's like that effect is is pretty powerful in draft it tends to be um so yeah it's kind of sad to see one of primal's better commons going down to one times so you'll want to prioritize that first one if uh especially if you're already kind of leaning towards primal definitely well, any other thoughts before kind of wrapping up on Primal in this new format? Um, I think, did did Polymorph also go down in frequency? Or? It did not. I double-checked that. And so um, okay, it was like more of a lateral change. I think it was like a, fi- a, 1X, a 5X, 1X change. Okay, cool. Um, so it was already on the rarer side. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah I, like, I don't know. I think, <laughs> sadly, I think Primal got downgraded just a bit um and yeah it's that's kind of sad because like, yeah i was feeling pretty good a few weeks ago like it was nice like i'm a i'm definitely a primal guy like in constructing mm-hmm. stuff I, I just like the way primal decks tend to play so you know anytime i can i can play primal and draft especially in, especially when i like when i find primal to be good despite what other people are saying that's like my favorite format because i tend to always get past the all the good primal cards mm-hmm. like when everybody thinks primal's good it's less good but you know <laughs> um yeah no I'm, I'm a little sad about that but i still think it's pretty good yeah it seems like it has some you know pretty useful tools but it's just again whether or not they're going to really come your way in those draft packs Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot of those, a lot of those are like splashable cards, right? So it's like right. that's a big tension issue. It's like if you're a main trying to main primal as your color, and like people are just snapping up all the best primal cards to splash. That's that's not a great position to be in either. Yeah, well, that was like in the last format when I would see permafrost like second pick. I'm like, all right, looks like primal cards are going to be coming my way <laughs> or third yeah. pick even and, and there was so all, there was even like uh you, you maybe were already considering a primal splash you know if you had a concoction or something from your first pack right too so yeah all right we're kind of moving on to shadow our last main faction um they i don't know Shadow had some pretty spicy looking cards coming with the new the the new additions. Uh, Direwood Prowler, um, it's an uncommon six shadow five five that when you enter the battle or summons, um, you sacrifice a unit to draw two cards. Um, there's Mob Rule, which is two shadow um, deals it destroys a unit. And I can never remember off the top of my head. Um, is it cumulative? No, equal to so kill an enemy unit with strength equal to or less than your number of units. So kind of a nice removal spell for kind of low to the ground aggro decks to deal with some 
bigger units and probably going to be another one of those stealth testers like Topple was. <laughs> exactly <laughs> For, what I was thinking. So, yep. <laughs> so oh, let's gain a little, a little more information there. Um, kind of drag this then, out there and see. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, Stone Scar Magus was another one that stood out to me. Four Shadow, 2-2, two, two, uh, Entomb, given enemy unit, minus two, minus two. It just kind of makes it difficult for your opponent to deal with, you know, on attacks. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. What about you, John? What things kind of stood out to you in those Shadow cards? That Yeah, uh, I also... Games? I also saw that they added Battlefield Scavenger, uh, which like my you know my other podcast co-host uh, on the Eternal Journey, uh, Darth Herman Two, was always a big proponent of the one three Grunt Warcry, and this is like the Shadow version <laughs> of that one three Warcry, except this one has additional text and value attack, uh, tacked onto it that lets you pull a Valkyrie out of your void, um, and there's like a few Valks and Shadow, and then, you know, it's not too far off to pair it with, like, Fire or Justice and have, a, you know, a, a other access to some playable Valkyries in your deck where might be even ad- additional value there, so I'm happy to see that added. Um, okay. Yeah, and then uh, Hunting and Nora, it's a, a warp card they added. It's like, it's a, is it a six-cost 4-4 four, four flyer, right, with warp? Yeah, six Six prime or six shadow shadow yeah four, four it, flyer. It's, it was like the precursor to Valk warp where it's like conditional warp. <laughs> right yeah. Uh, so it's an attack warp. <laughs> yeah so, so it only gets warp if one of your any of your units attacked this turn. So yeah I remember when that was in the in a prior format there, there was more than one time where I played some cards and then attacked. Ugh. If that's your deck <laughs> just keep that in mind. You, you, you might want to possibly attack first if you have six power available um just keep that in mind and then yeah an honorable yeah. mention as well to an uncommon uh grenadine bellower which is like a two one for two and if it mm-hmm. dies it buffs your board like what is it plus one attack uh your units get plus one yeah plus one strength or attack yeah so like that's a that's a solid little two drop as well especially if it's paired with like you know, in particular, like film, maybe, you know, you end up with some 2-1 flyers. Like, basically, any anytime you have evasive cards unblockable flying, buffing their attack is always, like, a pretty powerful thing. So, and it's, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's similar to Stone Scar Magus, where your opponent, it might, it might, like, stave off some attacking just due to the threat of additional unblocked damage, like, from your evasive threats. So, it, it can be one of those pretty annoying cards to play against. No, that makes sense. I don't know that I... I feel like I've played with it, but probably haven't maximized it to its core ability. I did like um, Thelm kind of aggro decks in the previous version of the format, you know, so I could see how someone not wanting to buff your wild Azri's um, or even your freight Azri's further to kind of put them on more of a clock. Yeah, and if you're, you know, playing some of these newer cards that like sacrificing things, that's not mm-hmm. a terrible sacrifice target either. Yeah. Yeah, some of the older cards um, that boosted quite a bit now, um, Devour went from 2x to 12x. Rapid Shot went from 2x to 12x. Um, yeah, <laughs> so so not just uh, Noah's Fury going to be um, threatening to 
eat something that you're trying to block with on attack. I've already noticed I'm seeing more rapid shots getting played, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And then um, for, you know, I think overall Shadow's removal suite didn't really take much of a hit when you look at a lot of the lateral kind of changes. You know, Nectar of Unlife is still kind of hanging out there, execute, death strike, fatal misstep went from 4x to 6x. Um, so, you know, I think that certainly that still seems pretty solid for um, for Shadow as far as if you're maybe leaning in more of a controlling direction with Shadow. Okay. The only two things that stood out to me as kind of big hits for Shadow and, again, very small seeming changes potentially is Amethyst Acolyte went from 2x to 1x. So that's the two Shadow that on Summon gives a unit minus one, minus one. Um, and then Ravenous Thorn Beast went from 2x to 1x, which, um, you know, I think might hamper some of people's sacrifice um, strategies, but, you know, that's definitely a card that I always enjoyed picking up and pairing with the Glen Path Cutter or reanimating some way. So. Okay. So. Yeah, that's. Any I didn't really thoughts? notice it. Yeah, I didn't notice really any other big losses for Shadow either. So. Yeah, and so I think that you know a lot still seems the same. Like, well, I think that you know certainly they added some power in the in the draft packs, um, and so. I think, I don't know if people were kind of down on Shadow and Shadow as a faction in Revelations, so maybe this will help balance that, that out some, um, but it should be interesting to see how that plays out in the games. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So um, do you have thoughts on kind of, I mean, I think our takeaways were that time seems to be coming out on top as far as these draft pack changes do you have any kind of off-the-cuff thoughts or kind of initial thoughts on how the other um factions stack up or yeah i i, I ranked the factions from best to worst oh let me let me read <laughs> people love, people love this show notes. <laughs> yeah right? so, so yeah yeah so I, I, I arbitrarily rank these factions right now from what i from this analysis i think Time, <laughs> and this is just in the draft packs. Like I think time is best, then shadow, then justice, then primal, and fire's the worst. All right, you heard it here. John Julio's putting it on the line. <laughs> He's, he has ranked them, and nothing Hot else to change. <laughs> All right. No, that, I think that sounds pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, I think there's, I think there's like a whole like levelness to some of these, and so it's. I think that trying to rank them is certainly a difficult, if not foolish, <laughs> foolish <laughs> endeavor. But I appreciate be you entertaining me. <laughs> no All right. Well, um, I think you know the last the last couple things maybe to take away are you know some of the changes to the uh, multi-faction and factionless cards. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some of the notes that kind of you made really stand out to me too is Amri's choice being added as a Combray tool at 12x so that's a very you know it's time justice fast spell that either you can choose to give your unit plus three plus three and overwhelm or you can silence an attacking unit and I think return it to its owner's hands is that right yes. 
yeah it's, it's like what else could you <laughs> yeah so i i don't know i it's certainly impressive that that combray got to add that tool to its arsenal yeah combray um, was already is, a very strong deck and that's that being 12 times boosted that's kind of insane yeah um and then we had already talked about Night of Sorrow being boosted for Argentport. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, you pointed out that both Metal Fang and Combust have gone from like 2x to 6x. So getting to see more Metal Fangs, I hope they're on my side of the board. Um, but you know, yes. that's certainly going to be powering some Stone Scar builds and, you know, potentially even some Zen Inner Praxis based splashes to have that at the top end. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll splash then, a metal thing in a Huru deck. I'll do it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Can't stop me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then uh, you also had listed here Shattered Glass Mage as a yeah. Praxis 5 drop, right? It's a rare, which I mean, most, you know, we're focusing obviously on commons and uncommons, but it's like out of all the multi faction cards they added, that's the one rare I'd mention that's quite strong. Warping a 5 okay. 3, it's like. You know, it's, it's sometimes it, even if it doesn't have a attachment to kill, um, mm-hmm. it's still just uh, solid stats. And um, you know, I think Praxis was like kind of an like underrated maybe faction pairing in the last few weeks. Like I, it's always been pretty solid for me, and I, I think you know some of my other teammates like it as well. Um, and that's a you know if if you're if you get past one of those. I, I would say that's probably a sign that practice is going to be flowing, um, at least in the yeah, draft. That makes right? sense. And uh, you know, yeah. with permafrost being, you know, it was it was so, it, it was a relatively common interaction in in a lot of decks. Like, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but it it, it, hits, it hits any attachment, right? It's not just relics or anything like that can kill a perma, right? Right. Yeah. It's basically if if furnace mages older brother or sister i don't know what the art actually shows <laughs> big sister and I, I think she has a fun battle cry when you play her as well oh yeah big sister there we go overwhelm warp kill an enemy attachment yeah you can't accidentally hit it's your own stuff it's like <laughs> one pip of both fire and time right so it's yeah you could splash it if if it's just one faction off as well no that's yeah that's i think gonna be definitely a, a draw into praxis potentially or at least another time time tool <laughs> so um i think the only loss quote unquote that maybe stood out was false prince was dropped for elysian from 4x to 1x and then for some reason both elysian and xenon don't have like dual faction powers anymore that's um, that i i like that is a do you think that is an oversight incorrect? on direwolf's documentation like it's is it, it okay yeah they're literally an expedition i i'd have to check okay. the you know double check the deck list but that's like fine. i swear i've played those in draft and like i think that's just an oversight on their documentation sadly okay no that makes sense I mean, you're not wrong that they're not there a, but <laughs> okay <laughs> like, fair enough <laughs> i've looked at a lot of direwolf documentation over the years and they tend to make mistakes so <laughs> I, I think I do recall somebody mentioning now that they have seen them in the expedition like card pool within the client. So that that makes a lot oh, of sense. Oh, they're definitely so. there. All right. So scratch that. All of the all the banners, seats or whatever, you know, the, the, they they've each got two um, dual faction uh, power there's still a, and they're all the same curious. Frequency. 
there, no, there, there is a curious thing in their documentation. They're not all the mm-hmm. same frequency, actually. Um, no, they're not. I can't say for sure whether or not that's true, like as far as the pack, oh. like the real packs you're looking at. But yeah, Got I it. think it's both Huru and Combre say that they're weighted that's less true. than all the other faction pairings. So, huh. you know, shrug, shrugging my shoulders. I don't know if that's actually the case, but that's what Direwolf right. says. <laughs> so, fun facts. Fair enough. Well, then, um, as far as faction lists, I think the big uh, big gain was really um, Bannerman going from 2x to 12x. You know, that's you're just going to see a lot of Bannerman run, Bannermans running around um, and doing what it does, chomping early <laughs> or trying to trade for a 2 2. And then letting me play influence. my metal fangs in my Huru <laughs> There you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, Seek Power went from 2x to 3x, so just a small bump. But I think, as you had kind of pointed out before, Bannerman's going to be the the big champ um, as far as factionless fixing goes. Yeah, it's one of Gundren's um, favorite draft cards, like, period, so. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that the, the only other thing I had thought about kind of was whether or not there were any big archetype changes and i kind of tried to map them out and i think the fact that revelations is not really it's like you're just in these faction pairings and there's some you know some synergies across cards but not really strong kind of like themes throughout (laughs) like a faction pairing um definitely didn't seem like some major changes yeah, to me, to any of that, especially, um, you know, just with Tribute and Warp not really kind of adding too much to any of those existing um, mechanics or smaller synergies that were there. Did you have any kind of additional thoughts on that? Not really. Like, I, you know, I read through your kind of breakdowns, and yeah, like, I, I don't think there's a lot of changes as far as archetypes. Like, I think it's worth mentioning time. Like, we already kind of talked about the tension between like a behold time deck and a non um and that you know so i think that's kind of one thing to consider as well as like mm-hmm. i think not only did time kind of get the better warp cards added to the packs but like time is also the ramping faction so you like yeah. care less about paying the extra tax on those so yeah we and we already kind of talked about that but like you know i guess there's kind of like maybe combre has the most kind of shake up there um but i think every other kind of strategy general strategy for the decks is basically the same and you you also mentioned uh argent port maybe that changes a little bit as well but i think the rest are pretty similar now if you want to break down any other particular ones not that i i don't know that there's anything that really stands out for me um you know i think that it's yeah I, I think a lot of it's still going to be very similar um, just because you're a lot of your playables are still coming from revelations. Um, and, the, you know, I, I never got a strong sense of various themes like Elysian was ramp with flyers, whereas Combray was ramp with, you know, <laughs> busted justice cards. <laughs> right. It's just, so, um, yeah. And then a lot of them were aggressive things are just like the the tandem valor um interplay with skycrag and Ricano and um you know yeah. stone scar 
I think there's just a lot of overlap between those cards, which makes, I think, a lot of them very flexible. And so, you know, they can kind of slot into these different kind of, you know, picking a card early doesn't necessarily handicap you if you end up, you know, you, you may have some different paths to go um, from the Revelations cards has been my experience. Agree. So I guess for me, like the the bigger, you know, it's like less changes in how the decks look and, um, you know, like the ones that you're, you're building and the ones you're facing, I think the overall strategies like for the colors are going to be pretty similar to what we've been seeing. I think the bigger changes for me are like gameplay ones, right? Like such as, uh, you know, the thoughts about enabling opponents tributes and things like that affecting decision making for attacking and blocking and there's you know a few more you know anytime there's new fast spells like there's obviously like some more tricks to consider um mm -hmm. decision making as well so i think gameplay and decision making are, are probably changed more than the way that the general decks will look okay yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense excellent i think the last little bit here is more for fun trivia than anything else I'm my like I'm curious to get what your like pet card you know is you shouldn't draft this card <laughs> or whatever you know or what you're looking forward to most as far as with this draft format and for me like I've always had a thing for Aramot's Machinations like when it was released I was that was what I was forcing and constructed <laughs> and I love when I could play it in draft you know, it is now six costs, and I think the thing that really hits hurts it is the double time, double shadow. So if yeah. I'm disciplined, I'm not so picking good. that until <laughs> until pack four, and I happen to be like solid human, which I think I've only had one Xenon deck this entire like life of the Revelations format for how long it's been going on. <laughs> um, so I sadly probably won't get to play this, but I will love it if I if I do. <laughs> Man, I was, you know, drafting with uh, Darth last night, and he had a machinations in his deck, and it was it was looking kind of kind of decent. Like okay. his his deck overall, I, like every time he was playing units, I'm like, so do you have any real units in your deck? <laughs> like, <laughs> they were all so tiny and stuff. I was like, ah, but like the deck did well. It ended up like six and three. And like the machinations was pretty decent, you know. He had like a good number of like Glen path cutters, so he actually had some one drops that were worth putting in your deck. And yeah, like yeah, it was it was nice to see it in action. Uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I don't know how if I'll even get to play it myself, but I've already I've already seen it. And it, it was decent in the deck. So nice. Uh, well, I like because I mean path cutter is it feels like the perfect one drop for a Xenon deck that's running machinations because you're gonna buff your two or three drop and then it's going to get bigger and get overwhelmed when it comes back and so, so you know like yeah it, it, it can do some work but um yeah definitely <laughs> hard to play so so right, I what, guess, are you, like, what, what are you looking forward to yeah a pet card for me they they added is definitely amory's choice like that is such a good flexible draft yeah. card um yeah and if i you know if, if i wasn't talking about strictly draft like they added they added a legendary that's like a an absolutely a pet card of mine which is okay. a, a time two cost slow spell glimpse the possibilities like i don't know if you remember like a year or two mm -hmm. ago all my all my expedition decks were forcing glimpse like that was like my all thing right. so but i that's i've tried it in the current expedition format it's not good there's no support for it like there's no ways to like 
scout power off the top of your deck or play multiple powers in a turn. Like it's, I don't know why they added it, but I tried it already. Maybe just to troll me. It's it's not looking so hot right now, uh, and I definitely wouldn't want to play it as like a good draft card. So sad, but that's definitely a pet card of mine. All right. Well, I think that probably makes for a pretty good overview of these draft pack changes. And I think, you know, certainly thank you, John, for coming on to kind of share your take on this and kind of help keep me honest in my assessments. (laughs) Yeah, my pleasure. (laughs) I think with that, we'll end our show. I'd like to, you know, thank you again to all our patrons for making this show a success. And for those of you who are not patrons, a reminder to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord and share your thoughts about, you know, where we went wrong or what we got right or kind of, you know, what your own kind of takes are on this format, kind of going into it. There'll be a link in the show notes. Finally, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts, and don't forget to send all seven win deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. Remember to keep on farming. Thanks for listening.